lives are real and they're yours and they're challenging most of the time I mean don't miss the fact no miracle ever happened when everything was going well miracles happen when things are kind of messed up right that's why you need the miracle so the miracles of God are in the details of your life but you always want to make sure as God's inside man or woman you are looking past the details to the greater miracle that has everything to do with the person and work of Jesus Christ. In today's message, Pastor Daniel is going through miracle after miracle in the life of Elisha. He's going to show us that every other miracle always points to the greatest miracle, the life of Christ. Miracles happen in the impossible times and it can be easy to get bogged down in the details of life. But the encouragement today is to always be looking at the greatest miracle of all, Jesus Christ. Don't let the details get you down. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in 2 Kings chapter 4 as he begins his message, God Gives. I'm so much enjoying this series that we're doing. That's called Inside Man. Because for each one of us, we have our two feet and our hearts and our minds right where we find ourselves every single day. We live here now. This is the generation that we're a part of. These are the details of the life that we live in. But at the same time, as we're watching the life of the prophet Elisha, we realize that although Elijah was very much a part of the culture that he lived in, he was also God's inside person to see extraordinary things happening in the details of the culture in which he lives. And so many of you have circled back to me now that we're a couple weeks into the series saying, man, this is so exciting. This series is really fun because each one of us are seeing ourselves a little bit in the story in the life of the prophet Elijah. It's a powerful thing to realize that you are God's person right where you find yourself. But I think what's amazing is when you start thinking of yourself as an inside person, as somebody who is where they are, but you're part of what God is up to, we have a tendency to want to think almost a fairy tale or a Hollywood version of that, where you think that when you're God's inside man or you're God's inside woman, everything is going to be great. It's all going to be easy, but most times what you find is that it's in all of the issues, it's in all of the struggles, it's in all the things that don't quite go the way that you want them to go. That's actually where God shows his power and shows his work the most profoundly. See, God wants you and I to be able to leverage the things that don't go well as much as the things that do. And that's an interesting an extraordinary perspective, isn't it? That when you start seeing the situations of your life that don't go the way that you would have chosen, that actually go flat out wrong, and you start saying, okay, Lord, so what are you doing here? What are you trying to accomplish, Lord? And that is bringing a view of faith into your circumstances. What's the plan? What are you up to, God? Now, 
We're going to be continuing this series today. So I want you to open up in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. So if you're new to the Bible, don't worry, I want to get you to 2 Kings. We're going to take this entire chapter here, 2 Kings 4. And so it's a long chapter and I'm going to be reading a lot of it to you. And so I want you to be able to read along. I don't want you to just let me read it. I want you to see it because God chose to put his heart on words on a page in a book. So 2 Kings, it's towards the beginning of your Bible. It's in the first about one-sixth or one-fifth of your Bible. And I always tell people, if you're flipping in the Bible in the beginning, once you get to your first sets of first and seconds, if you're first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, and first and second Chronicles, that takes a good swath of your Bible. So 2 Kings is right there in the middle of the first and seconds there in chapter 4. This chapter here, it's really centers around four unique miracles that are performed by God through God's inside man, Elisha. So we're going to look at four miracles. Now, if you're there at that text, if you look, you're going to say, oh, okay, so um, 2 Kings chapter 4, it's got 44 verses in it. Here's the thing about these four miracles. Each one of these miracles are really miraculous. But each one of these miracles actually points to an even greater miracle that these miracles are a picture of. You say that again. Each one of these things, it's miraculous what goes on here. Because God is the God of the miraculous, so we're going to see that. But each one of these miracles points to an even greater miracle, something even more profound and pronounced than the details of the miracle. Now, I say that up front because I want you to see in your own life, just as I'm seeking God to see in my own life and in the life of my family, that everything that goes on, it's about what's going on, but it's always about something greater. And God's inside man and inside woman realizes that no matter what's going on, there's actually something bigger at stake than just the details that you find yourself in. There's a bigger story behind the story of your life. And when you and I grab hold of that, you start to see your lives differently because you say, it's not just about these details. There's a bigger story. There's something greater at play. And I'm here to tell you the greater story of the details of your life and my life, it's Jesus in and through our lives. See, our lives are meant to be a living epistle to the world, a living letter to the world of who God is for us in Jesus. So just as we're going to see these four miracles or we're going to see what the miracles are, we're also going to point them to the greater miracle, the miracle of Jesus. And I want you to do the same thing in your own lives. The details of your lives are real and they're yours. And they're challenging most of the time. I mean, don't miss the fact, no miracle ever happened when everything was going well. Miracles happen when things are kind of messed up, right? That's why you need the miracle. So the miracles of God are in the details of your life, but you always want to make sure as God's inside man or woman, you are looking past the details to the greater miracle that has everything to do with the person and work of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's jump on in. Second Kings chapter 4. First miracle, picking up in verse 1. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me. What do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. 
Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere. From all your neighbors, empty vessels do not gather, just a few. And when you have come in, verse 4, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. And so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel in. He said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. Now, you see this desperate circumstance that this woman, who's one of the sons of the prophets, is going through. Now remember, so much of the life of Elisha is in that discipleship mode. Just as he was poured into by the prophet Elijah, now he's also taking over the reins of these discipleship schools for the prophetic. And now one of the wives of one of these sons of the prophets came and her husband had passed away. And the husband owed money... And she comes to the prophet Elijah. She said, listen, I'm in trouble. You know that my husband is dead. And the creditors are coming, wanting payment. And they're going to take my two sons to be slaves. This is a desperate set of circumstances. Now, you might be saying to yourself, okay, so what's up with the slavery? And what's up with this? And what's up with that? The reason you and I have jobs is because we have bills to pay, right? And so... In this case, do you ever hear the story of, I go to a restaurant, it doesn't happen anymore, they just arrest you now, but back in the day, you go to a restaurant, you forgot your wallet, and they make you work it off, washing dishes, you ever hear that story before? Same kind of a thing. See, when you owe money to somebody, and you can't afford it, then they want to find a way to get their money back. Now, in that culture, they can take the sons, and they can work off the debt. Now, you might say, that's wrong, that's right. Now, again... This isn't them being kidnapped in order to be slaves. This is not, we filter it through African slavery, which was an atrocity. It goes against everything in the Bible, even though some Christians promoted it, because kidnapping was a sin. You have all these things that were a sin. This is good old-fashioned, I owe money, so I have a job. How many of you have a job because you need to pay your bills? If you didn't pay your bills, how many of you would do the same job? You got a job to pay the bills. This is how this works. And in some ways... You're a slave to your job sometimes, right? Because you're like, if I wouldn't do it, if I didn't have to pay the bills, you see how this goes. So she comes and there's this dilemma. Now, I want you to notice this. Elijah says to her, so what do you want me to do? Tell me, what do you have already? What do you got in your house? Don't miss this. When God wants to do something miraculous, oftentimes he wants to use what you already have. She's got a little bit of oil and he says, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to all your neighbors. I want you to get these empty jars. They all have to be empty. And then I want you and your sons to go into your house. And I want you to take the little bit of oil you have. And I want you to start pouring it into all these jars, all these vessels. And sure enough, they go and they collect it. They go in the house. They shut the door. So this isn't for everybody. This is just for this family. And Elisha's not even there. And they start pouring the little bit of oil they have into all these empty vessels. And we find out that every single vessel got filled up to the point where it says, the mom says, bring me another vessel. And the son's like, we don't have any more. And the oil ceases. So the miracle here is a woman in dire financial need where she's going to lose her two sons, which would make her completely destitute. Because in that culture, women didn't work. Now, with the little bit of oil she has, as God wants to bless this woman, right? All these 
empty vessels get filled up. Now what you realize here, and I think this is really beautiful, is the fact that however much, however many vessels they brought together by faith was however many were filled. If they would have had five times as many vessels of empty vessels, they would have had five times as much oil. And if they would have collected one-tenth of the vessels, they would have only had one-tenth of the oil. Now, isn't that an important little lesson for us as God's inside men and inside women? Oftentimes, God's blessing is in proportionate to the amount of we believe that he can do it. Don't miss the application of that. Because I think for some of us right now, God wants to do something extraordinary, but you really are just preparing for just a little bit. You only collected a few little vessels, just a couple, just one. Oh, man, if God were to do this. And here, they could have had as much oil as they wanted, as much as they could have wanted. Because right as they ran out of the preparations that they made for the work of God, then the oil ceased. And they come, they told him what happened. He said, okay, listen, I want you to sell the oil, pay off your debts, and then live on the rest. Okay, so that's the miracle. And it is a miracle. How many of you ever tried to take a little oil and pour it into big things of oil? You ever try and do that? Did it ever multiply? Maybe for some of you. Some of us have some of those stories. The empty tank of gas that went on for hundreds of miles. Anybody had that experience before? You got the no gas light on, and it goes on and on and on for weeks. You never filled it up? Yeah, yeah, some of you have that experience. Okay, this is a miracle, right? But the question is, what's the bigger miracle? Quite simply this. In the Bible, oil is a picture of what? The Holy Spirit. What does this teach us? That God gives the Spirit. The Lord God gives his Holy Spirit to his own kids. And this is super important. This is way more important than the oil that this widow of one of the sons of the prophets is experiencing. Is that God's design for you and for me, for anybody who would put their faith and trust in Jesus, is that God wants to bestow and give his Holy Spirit to you. Now, people all the time, and those of you who are skeptical here, will be like, well, maybe I already have the Holy Spirit. No, you have a spirit the breath of God, the life of God, because you're alive. But the Spirit of God is a special gift that only comes to indwell those people who believe in Jesus. Not because I said so, but because Jesus said so. And you want to have the Spirit of the living God, the third person of the one and only God, to dwell inside of you, to take up residence in your life. And God wants to give you his Holy Spirit. He actually created you to be a holy living space of the Spirit of God. But you have to simply say, I want you, God, to live inside of me. And the beauty of who the Lord is, is he is a gentleman in that way. He could just impose his Spirit upon you, but he will not. He asks for an invitation. Now I ask you today, have you allowed Jesus to be the Lord of your life? And have you allowed your life to be a habitation for the Holy Spirit? Now, at this juncture, this is where the fun begins. Because if you're here, you're like, well, Fusco, I'm in church. I've been in church for, you write down your time served. And you say, obviously... I have the Holy Spirit. 
And I would say, maybe not. Because you know when you are filled with the Holy Spirit because God bears the fruit of his spirit in your life. Now, I've been around church long enough to know that there's a whole lot of people who hang out in church a whole lot of time, and they have no fruit bearing in their life. Now, I ask you that question, and I ask it in a provocative way, because I'm not God. But I'm hoping that everyone says, Lord, fill me up afresh with your spirit. And my prayer is that for some of you, say, Lord, I want your spirit to bear fruit in my life. Now, right now, what happens is, is there's always someone who's thinking, oh, I hope my spouse is listening right now. Now, listen, if you're thinking that, you need to say, Lord, give me ears to hear right now. It's real easy to pass the buck on this stuff, right? We need, brothers and sisters, we need the Spirit of God to pull the resurrected life of Jesus out of the depths of our souls. And it doesn't matter how profoundly the Spirit of God worked through you yesterday. We all have the stories of someone who God used mightily who walked away from Jesus along the way. Yesterday's Spirit-filled experience does not ensure the life of God in your soul today. God wants to give his Holy Spirit. And he has given his Holy Spirit to us in Christ. Listen to Jesus in John 16, verses 7 to 15. Now, I could have pulled out infinite numbers of scriptures to encourage this point. But listen to what it says. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin, because they don't believe in me, of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more, and of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and he will declare it to you. See, Jesus said, it's better for me to go away so that I can send the Spirit who will help you, who will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, and he will take of what is mine and he will declare it to you. See, I love the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit does not want to be the centerpiece. You always know when someone's life is off kilter because the Spirit of God, it's all about the Spirit of God. No, the Spirit's job is to point you to Jesus. The Spirit is, in some ways, he's a huge billboard for the finished work of Jesus. And it's very, it happens so easily because people get into churches that are charismatic. And not biblically charismatic, but culturally charismatic. And everything's about the Holy Spirit, but there's no Jesus Christ and him crucified in the center of it. And it becomes another exercise in spiritual arrogance. It's, it happens so easily. Right? Someone is functioning in a gift and they get puffed up spiritually. But the cross of Jesus, see, the spirit wants to take of what is Jesus and push it forward. 
And there's a humility that comes with it. There is, it's, some people say the Holy Spirit is bashful. I don't think it's the right picture. I think the idea is that the Holy Spirit knows that at the cross and empty tomb of Jesus is where the, all the action is. And all of the work of the Spirit is now to cause the finished work of Jesus to be on display in the world. And all the gifts of the Spirit are not to make much of the gifts. The gifts of the Spirit are to make much of Jesus. And making much of Jesus is rooted in love. So anytime gifts are being used not with a spirit of self-sacrificial love, then you know you got things kind of out of order. But brothers and sisters, if God gives the spirit, is your life under the influence of the Holy Spirit? The Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians uses the picture, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's kind of an odd picture, but it's the right picture because the idea of being under the influence of alcohol is actually the perfect word picture for being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Because when you're under the influence of alcohol, the alcohol influences your character and your decision-making. Unfortunately, it's in the flesh and it's to the negative. But when you're under the influence in a similar, when your senses are now influenced by the Holy Spirit, guess what? It influences your character and your decision making, but not towards your detriment, but towards God's glory and the blessing of humanity. And we've all seen somebody who, under the influence of some foreign substance, makes a jerk of themselves. Right? But when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, God does something extraordinary. God brings glory out of your life that he has redeemed. My hope right now is that each one of us says, Lord, stir your spirit in me afresh. Lord, you want your spirit to be on display in my life. And that each one of us, like this woman, we would be prepared for us to be filled up to overflowing. That we'd say, Lord, I don't just want a little of your spirit. I just collected one little vessel. But Lord, I want my life to be spirit-drenched. I want my speech to be spirit-drenched. I want the world that I live in and the world that I influence day in and day out to be spirit-drenched. That when someone sees us, they say, what is going on with you? What happened to you? You're so filled with light and love. You're so willing to serve. There's a humility there. And they would know that you had been with Jesus because God gives a spirit. So the first miracle points us right to the fact that God gives the Holy Spirit. Jesus is In today's message, Pastor Daniel separated the fairy tale from the reality of being God's inside man. While we like to think that saying yes to Jesus means it's all going to come up roses, God frequently has a different plan, one where His glory is made clear through the struggles and trials. When things start to go wrong, ask God, what are you doing here? What are you trying to accomplish? What is your plan? 
everyone needs a little encouragement to get through their day, and we have a way to provide that for you. Pastor Daniel has some excellent advice, truth, and love to share in his two-minute messages available on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just go to JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on the social media links to find them. You won't be disappointed, and your day just might get a little brighter. Hey, everybody. This is Pastor Daniel Fusco from Jesus Is Real Radio. I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing through this ministry to change lives and restore His people. Would you consider partnering with us as we continue to share the message of Jesus here on Jesus Is Real Radio? You can find out more and donate securely online at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for prayerfully considering this. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share a series of miracles performed by Elisha. Each of these miracles points to the greater miracle found in who God is. You'll hear about the woman who gave her last ingredients to feed the prophet, and then her jars were overflowing with oil. Just like this woman, we've been given the oil of the Spirit of God. When you pour out, He fills you up to overflowing. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Inside Man. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.